Welcome to the Council Chair Leadership Series, Information and Strategies to Lead Effectively, a national training program for people who have been elected or appointed to serve in the position of chair for their state or territory council on developmental disabilities. The ITAC is funded by the Administration for Community Living, Office of Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities. We work together to support a national network of state and territory DD councils to enhance their leadership, improve outcomes and impacts, and ensure compliance is met. I'm Cheryl Matney, Director of the Information and Technical Assistance Center for Councils, more commonly called ITAC. On this episode, you will hear from current and former chairpersons of DD Council. They will discuss leadership and the role of the chair, the concept and expectations of a public official, and review three key areas of the DD Act, membership, five-year plan, and funding. Jody Thornley is my guest. Jody has been an advocate for people with developmental disabilities for over 20 years and served on the Nevada Governor's Council on Developmental Disabilities for eight years as a parent advocate, and more importantly, four of those years as chair of the council. So she knows the ins and outs of leading effectively. Jody's very good at being prepared and organized to lead, keeps meetings running smoothly, and helps all people participate fully and meaningfully. Currently, Jody serves on other committees in her state, including city and county boards, which is why Jody is our subject matter expert on serving as a public official. Thank you for being here, Jody. You bet. Thank you for having me. Jody, we often hear the statement, council members are public officials. Can we talk about that just a little bit more? What makes someone a public official? Yes, I think sometimes, I think you're right, we hear public official and we're a little bit scared maybe even that everyone's going to be looking at us or we have a big leadership role and we're, we're a little nervous about it and we really don't need to be. It's just you have been chosen because of things that you're doing in your everyday life and what a leader that you are naturally and that you're speaking out about things in your community um, involving individuals with disabilities. And that's why you've been chosen to serve on this council. And so I think you just need to embrace that and just be yourself and do what you're already naturally doing. And that makes you an influencer in your community and in your state or territory. And that's really all a public official is. It's, a, it's pretty simple and it's enjoyable and you'll learn a lot. Meet people that you wouldn't maybe in your in your regular life. So this position that you've been um, appointed to look at it like that. It's a lot of fun and it's not scary and you'll learn a lot and just be yourself and enjoy it. I love that term influencer. All advocates are really influencers. We do so much at, through our lived experiences that um, it's wonderful to be able to use it in a larger leadership role. And you mentioned being scared. So, you know, I do, I do hear that. 
in my role with DD councils, I hear that people are a little afraid of the term being a public official. Is there, are there some things that, do we hold council members who are public officials to a higher standard? Um, is that what people are afraid of? I think that could be it when you're just thinking of serving on a, on a public board and, you know, meetings are recorded and it's official and everything. And so you get kind of nervous and you try to double think everything that you're going to say. And, and, you know, there's some of that that needs to be in the back of your mind, but most of us are just really good people or we wouldn't have been chosen where we um, have many friends in and are influencers that way. And so you really don't need to be over worried about um, every word that you're going to say and that they're hanging on it, everything that you're saying, they're going to pick it apart, something like that. That's in the back of your head. No, never be scared to speak up and say something in council meetings or, or anywhere. It's just, you're, you have a, a little bit higher leadership role in your state or territory. And that's a good thing and not something to be worried about. Just again, be yourself and don't um, double think everything that you're, that you're trying to say that makes it, makes it hard. Are there things that the chair needs to do um, when serving, um, like sometimes I think people mention some qualities a chair needs to have, like listening to others or um, being respectful about um, people from diverse backgrounds. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, definitely. Yes, chair. You, you need to have good relationships with everybody on your council. You need to be able to be in meetings and be very respectful of everyone's opinions, whether you agree or not. You need to be um, a very good listener. That's one of the most important things and be patient, sensitive to other people's beliefs, systems and religions and any other um, things that come into play when you're, when you're discussing things relating to the council out in the general public. Um, you know, it's sometimes it's it's hard, but you need to have good um, people skills and just most of us really do. We're very um, you know, we've learned how to roll with the punches in our in our own lives. And so I think that's something that comes pretty easy to us on the on the council. And we just need to to keep it up and as as chair and make sure that you can be a good communicator and and empathetic towards everyone. So Jody, based on your experience as a chairperson of a council, what are the key qualities that a chair needs to bring to the table? So as a chair, you're the you're the first face a lot of times that people will see or the first person that they will contact with questions, comments, concerns. And you need to be the type of person that is relatable. You're you're teachable. You're kind, you're considerate, you're passionate, you're respectful, you're a great listener, you're patient, be in the moment, like 
eye to eye contact, listening, truly listening. Don't be trying to come up with your answer before you fully listen to the question. That, that type of thing is very important as the chair. You want every person on the council to, to know that you have an open door. They can call you at any time with, with questions and concerns or um, and also the general public that they can call you and you're going to keep their confidence if they ask you to. You're going to do what you say that you will do. Um, just be a genuine kind, considerate, passionate person when talking with anyone, whether it's the council, your executive director, your general public, your legislators, that same type of approachability in your personality is very, very important as the chair. So, Jody, um, you know, you've mentioned a lot of great qualities of the DD Council chair, and I'm wondering about the chair's responsibilities when we're talking about the five-year plan. Do you have some insights and tips to keep chairs um, focused on the five-year plan? Sure. I mean, the five-year state plan is basically governs everything we do on the council. And so that needs to be in the back of your mind whenever you're talking to anybody, another public official, your legislature, your general public in meetings, that should, should focus all of your, your thoughts on what you, that you, you should always come back to that, be thinking of those goals and those objectives in your five-year state plan on what you're working towards and the activities that you're working on and the projects that you're working on in your five-year state plan when you're out talking to people and also in your meetings, when, you know, you kind of get off topic or, or someone brings up something that doesn't fit into the five-year state plan or your goals or objectives, it's very important to keep that as the main focus of your discussions when, when, when meeting with people and in, in your conversations in the general public. And if you have that in the back of the mind of your mind when you're talking, your your com- it'll always go a lot better. Your conversations will be steered in the right direction. So if I'm understanding you correctly, that's the that's your roadmap, right? Yes, definitely. That is what you should follow. Every <laughs> every every conversation you're going down, every street you're going down, that's your map. That should be what Perfect. you're focusing on. Any question you have, you know, could we do this? Well, does it fit into the five-year state plan? But what goal would that fit under if that's something we want to focus on? Because if I'm right, the council developed a five-year plan based on input from the citizens. So kind of staying on track is really important. So the citizens know what the council's working on and the council members can deliver your say what you uh, you do, what you say you're going to do. Right. Yes. And I I also tell people in the council to let's focus on the progress towards our goals. That is so important because sometimes we get, we, f- we feel like it's going too slow or we're failing. And, and I think in conversations too with that is keep focused on the progress that you're making. It's slow. Any kind of big, um, important, positive uh, change, systems change, takes a long time. 
And it just takes perseverance, keep going, positivity and focus on the progress. When you're, when you're evaluating, you're seeing how close you are to your goal. How close did you meet it? How, how, you know, what can we do to, do we need to tweak anything to make it work? Did we learn something new in the process of our activities and that we need to tweak our estate plan slightly? All, all those things should be um, constantly in your mind and focusing towards your goals and the, and the progress towards them. And it's important to make sure every, especially a new member that's coming on, catch them early and explain the five-year state plan and what we're working on and find out what their interests are and what they're passionate, what they're passionate about. And maybe they know groups in the state that you, you don't have access to yet that could benefit from or help reach those goals. That's always important and comes right back to the state plan. Everything comes, comes right back to your five-year state plan. Excellent advice, Jody. Thank you so much. You bet. My next guest is Jeremy Murphy. Jeremy was appointed as the chairperson of the Michigan Developmental Disabilities Council in 2021 by its governor. Jeremy serves on the council as a parent advocate and has lots of experience with conducting meetings, being prepared and organized to lead and conduct meetings, has great skills working with groups to reach consensus, a solid working knowledge of Robert's Rules of Order and serious skills in financial analysis. Jeremy has a rich history working for nonprofit organizations in executive leadership roles. These skills and experiences are why Jeremy is one of our subject matter experts on leadership, and we are thrilled he is with us today to share his knowledge. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's an honor. Jeremy, when we think about leadership, the word leadership, it seems most people understand the concept, but do you have a good definition of leadership you can share? Sure. Uh, what I like to think about it is, is uh, the ability to bring a diverse group of people together to work towards a common goal. Um, you know, bringing people along, setting goals and moving forward towards those. So what kind of goals would a chairperson of a DD council be helping others to achieve? So every council has to develop a five-year plan uh, for their state plan. Uh, along with that, you may have some intermediate goals that come along, you know, uh, some surprises here or there that pop up, special uh, needs that come along. Um, but basically, the, the five-year plan, sticking to that, uh, identifying those goals and moving forward with them. Oh, wonderful. So are there qualities that we should want to see in a leader? And if you can think of a few qualities, can you share those with us? Sure. Uh, the biggest part is um, being able to work with others. Like I said, being able to work with a diverse group, uh, bringing them together uh, and knowing what the goal is you're trying to achieve as a group and then working with people to get to that goal. Uh, it, communication is key for that. Uh, the big part of communication that people don't think of a lot is listening. Um, so listening to what people want, what their needs are, where they're coming from on those things, and then trying to help everyone come together to reach those goals. 
being a good, good communicator, both on the listening and communicating what those goals are. Ah, that's good advice, Jeremy. You know, in our technical assistance role, we often get asked pretty common questions. And so most of the time, chair people, chairpersons want to know what are the most important things they should know about the DD Act. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Sure. Uh, the top three things that I can think of are, you know, membership. Uh, what makes up that membership, the required membership, the people with living, lived experience, uh, the state plan, like we talked about with the goals for the five years and moving towards those goals and the money, uh, money. You know, the, the money that comes down and supports the councils. Wonderful. Well, let's, I'd like to ask you a few more questions about each one of those. Um, so let's talk about membership real quick. Okay. We know that the DD Act makes sure that 60% of all council members, at least 60%, are people with developmental disabilities, parents, or guardians of children with developmental disabilities or family members or guardians of adults with DD who cannot advocate for themselves. And the remaining 40% represent agencies and organizations that have an interest in services for people with developmental disabilities. So I guess what our viewers want to know is, why is it important that the chair understand the membership requirement? So each piece of those, the, the required pieces, those are very important. And, and they develop a very well-rounded uh, understanding and a group to work towards those goals. Um, some of the required uh, departments and people that represent Title 19 and those kind of things they bring a piece to the group that is necessary for the funding and other interactions with other agencies and groups like that. The very important part is those with lived experience, right? Those are the people that we're working for. Those are the people that we're trying to help and uh, advocate for. So getting the feedback from those with lived experience, they're the ones there, you know, the boots on the ground. They're the people that are doing this and living it. So very important to get their feedback and work towards that. So do members, uh, are, do they have a lifetime appointment or do members uh, have term limits? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, there are term limitations as far as the time frame for each term. And then there are term limits, the number of terms that someone can sit. Um, and, and the rotation with those is always good. Uh, you know, it brings in new thoughts and creative ideas and new people and, uh, you know, new issues that need to be handled or uh, concerns that need to be talked about. So always having a rotation of people in there brings uh, a, a lot of good things and keeps you up to date on things. Make sure you're not stale. Perfect. And I guess that really does allow the council to provide leadership opportunities for a lot of people throughout throughout the time. Yes, definitely. So when council members rotate off the council, um, does the council, you know, how can the council help them find other leadership opportunities? Or is that something a chair could really um, help facilitate is finding some more leadership opportunities? 
Well, definitely. And, you know, it's in a couple of ways, right? So you're developing relationships as a chair with everybody on the, on the group, right? So you're, you're seeing what their skills are and what their, you know, their passions are and where they're wanting to go and what they're going to do. And, and so there's recommendations on other areas they could be. Also, you know, as a chair, your term is limited. So you're also trying to develop that next potential chair. Um, so developing leadership skills in people so that they can move up and take over if you're the person that's rotating out. Um, so there's tons of potential for that in helping people develop those leadership skills. And I, I know that oftentimes we say the chair is responsible to the membership and the membership is responsible to the chair. So it, everything you've said is just a natural um, support of each other in your own role. So let's shift our focus to money. Everybody wants to talk about the money. We know councils get federal funds from Congress every single year, but what else did the chair know about money? Uh, quite a bit, actually. Uh, you know, part of the prog progress and part of that plan is the, the money involved that it takes to put that plan in action, right? Um, there are two big things, right? The thing to remember is you have to keep your proportions of money spent on program versus overhead costs, we'll call them. Uh, staffing and meetings and those kind of things. You have to spend at least 70% on program costs. So supporting those things that are helping you reach your goals. Um, you, know, you can always spend more than 70% on those things if you're really good and you're uh, very efficient in your meetings and staffing. Uh, but you have to spend at least that 70%. Um, that's a very big one to know about. Uh, and, you know, if you've got your goals in the plan, you have to have the money to support those. Absolutely. So does what does the chair need to make sure the council does every year with regard to money? So you would have to be involved very heavily in developing the budget for that. And, and that's where you look at that five-year plan and you look at each year and the steps that were planned for those years. You look at the money that you have allowed, you know, either through the federal allotment or through a, a state match, if there is one, and look towards what would be necessary and what would get your, we'll call it the best bang for the buck, right? Uh, and where you can spend those dollars and plan appropriately. So you develop a really comprehensive budget on how to do that and how to reach those goals and move forward in those goals. Can a council use the money any way they'd like? No, there are very set ways that you can spend the money. Um, and you really need to rely on the council staff for those things. They're very in tuned with the federal and state guidelines for those things and what you can and cannot spend money on, uh, along with the policies of the council itself. Oh, absolutely. That is great information that I know other chairs will find very helpful. And as you said, you know, most all councils have at least one staff member who really does know about the law and the regulations and state rules. So I think council members can feel confident that they would not be doing something um, 
with with federal funds that is um, out outside of supporting those projects and activities in the plan. Well, this is wonderful, and we appreciate you being here today. Well, thank you for having me again. It's an honor to do so, and and I wish everyone the best on uh, helping their councils get to their goals. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you. If you are interested in more information, we have three more podcast episodes on topics council chairpersons will find most helpful. Visit our website at itachelp.org. There are training and resource materials and much more. So check us out. This podcast was supported through services funded by contract number HHSP 233201-6000-68C from the U.S. Administration for Community Living, Department of Health and Human Services, Washington, D.C., 20201 to provide training and technical assistance services to state and territory councils on developmental disabilities. The contents are those of the presenters and do not necessarily represent the official views of nor an endorsement by the ACL, HHS, or the U.S. government.